please welcome Reverend Dr. Douglas Frimpong. Oh, put your hands together for him. Thank you very much. God bless you. You may be seated. After hearing a very powerful message from Pastor Ramsford, what else can you add? I just have to borrow Bishop uh, Bruce's statement. What a word. What a word. Pastor Ramsford has been a very good friend of mine for many, many, many years. Um, when I first went to Central Assemblies of God in 1981, as an evangelist, he was an associate pastor there. And uh, he became my friend. And every Tuesday, for many years, we met and prayed, talked about the spiritual atmosphere of the city and discussed a lot of things about the kingdom. And uh, for all these years, he's been the same simple preacher. And that's what I love about him. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. I don't have much to say. What I have to say this afternoon, excuse me, is just to add, put the icing on the cake that he just gave us. I want to just share with you something that has been on my heart for some time now. And it's from First Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 16. We seem to be living in a very interesting period in the history of the church. In Ghana, especially in the city of Kumasi. I came to Kumasi some 45 years ago. As an accounting student, I've remained since married here, built here, and ministered here. And uh, by the grace of God, I've seen many moves of the Spirit of God in this city. And um, in Ghana and beyond. But I am particularly happy about the giant and encouraging impact some churches have made in this city and our nation so far. Not to mention Lighthouse. I've been to many villages. I've traveled wide in this country. And in some villages, I didn't expect a church to be there. But I see Lighthouse there. Let's give Jesus a clap offering for the good work that our bishop, our prophet, and teacher, Dr. Ward Mills, have done. I would like to encourage you to buy these books. In fact, I've bought these books for all my pastors and I bought two copies myself so I will encourage you to have them I've read them 
I'm a bookworm and I, I read. <laughs> Pastor Ransford knows that I read. Hallelujah. Amen. But the fact still remains that there are yet very much land to be covered or possessed. And it is this vein that I would like to share with you the distinguishing marks of a good minister or Christian worker. In fact, in First Timothy chapter 4, especially from the verse 6 to the verse 16, the apostle Paul gave Timothy a list of what to do for him to distinguish himself as a good minister. Ministry is not so much what you do as it is what you are. So this passage first timothy chapter 4 from the 6 to the 16 must therefore influence our view of ministry it must influence our understanding and thoughts regarding the role of a minister or a christian worker paul presented several factors that are part of being a good minister Earlier in the chapter, he mentioned that a good minister warns people of error. He keeps himself from doctrinal error. And he's involved in personal godliness. But in First Timothy chapter 4, from the verse 12 to the 16, Paul gave five distinguishing marks of a good and effective minister. And in the next ten minutes, that's what I want to share with you. One, a good minister is a model of spiritual virtue. That's 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Two, a good minister has a biblical ministry. And that's what Pastor Ransford has been sharing with us. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We hear in this city there are people who are flying at night and all the rest of them. We never heard anything like that in the scriptures. A good minister has a biblical ministry. That's Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13. A good minister fulfills his ministry. A good minister is absorbed in his work. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. And lastly, a good minister is constantly growing spiritually. The next five minutes, let's see some of the subtopics of what I've given you. A good minister is a model of spiritual virtue. What Paul said in First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 is that don't let anyone, anyone, look down on you because you are young. But set 
yourself as an example. So the greatest tool of leadership is exemplary life. Thomas Brooks said, example is the most powerful rhetoric. Paul lived a life others could follow and constantly reminded them of that. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 16, he said, I urge you to imitate me. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, he said, follow or imitate me or my example as I follow or imitate the example of Christ. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, Paul said, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So the greatest message a preacher can preach is his, his own life. So the example you set as a Christian leader is absolutely critical. Paul gave some criteria for gaining respect as a good minister. He said, being an example in speech or in word, be an example in conduct, be an example in love. Be an example in spirit. Be an example in faith. Now, for that word means faithfulness. And that's where loyalty comes in here. That's where loyalty comes in. You must be loyal. Be an example as a Christian leader in loyalty. As well as loyalty is And then be an example in purity. And when we talk about purity, he's talking about sexual chastity so the first place that we set as an example is in the word Ephesians 4 and 29 says let no unwholesome or corrupt word come out of your mouth but what is good for, for necessary edification that it may impact grace to the hearers. Second, a good minister has a biblical ministry. Paul said in First Timothy chapter 4 and 13, he said, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. The verb denotes there in the original is the present active indicative sense which means that Timothy was to be continually devoted to the word. It means that when it comes to your life as a, as a minister or a Christian leader, you are to be a student of the word. You see, let people come to church not even for the miracles and the great things that you do in church. Let your church members come to church 
hungry for the word of God. And great churches are built on solid word. Amen. Amen. So when it comes to your life as a minister or Christian leader, you are to be a student of the word. Let me just share with you something that happened to me. I was preaching for one of uh, one of the great churches in this city. I don't want to mention names. Uh, this senior minister normally have some challenging topics to deal with. And uh, the topic he gave me was see his glory. I was supposed to speak on that. I started up, studied and prayed for about four or five hours. I got up about 11 and I slept somewhere around 5.30. I was all steadied up and prayed up. And when it came to time to minister in the evening, I took my notes. I was all prayed up. They were meeting at Prempe Assembly Hall at that time. And so the, the good ushers came and picked my Bible as they normally do. They took me to the podium. When I sat down, I still had my Bible and my notes. So I became a bit, it was drizzling. So I said, uh, Could the chief worship bring me my Bible? Normally, what they do is that when you are going to the pulpit, they put your Bible there for you. They want to serve you to the letter. So that's what they do. That's good enough. But when they gave me my Bible, surprisingly, I realized that all the notes I've studied for about five hours were not there. Now, this is not the first time this thing has happened to me. It happened to me the first time I went to Calvary, Calvary Baptist Church in Accra. The associate pastor came to pick him from my house. And my notes for the Sunday morning was left behind in my guest room. And by the time he drove back to that guest room to bring my nose, I had already finished preaching. Same thing at this particular meeting. This was a topical sermon I was supposed to give. Now, while they were about to introduce me, I prayed and said, God, if I had needed you in my life, this hour is the time <laughs> this is the grace we are talking about all my Hebrew and uh, all the rest of them they were all gone all my scriptural basis and references and example everything was gone so I prayed and said God please help me and the senior pastor stood there I'm happy to introduce to you one of the greatest men of God in this city. I said, God, don't hear him. Hear him here. Please listen to me. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. <laughs> and I was crying and praying. I said, God, please help me. The place was jam-packed. People were standing outside. Then he introduced me and I went to the pulpit. My nose were all gone. All I knew was the scripture. 
But when I started speaking and quoted my test and gave my introduction and gave a brief of the things I want to talk about, somehow the Holy Spirit started reminding me of all the things I've studied all night. And I preach as I've never preached before all my life. After that, we prayed for the sick. And God manifests its power in that meeting. When I was leaving the auditorium and started my car and put on, put on my highlights, then I realized my notes were down there on the floor. What is the point I'm trying to make? Your life as a preacher, as a minister, you must be a student of the word. The Holy Spirit will remind you what you have studied. So you need to spend quality time. You need to spend quality time. And that's why these books are important. I will encourage all of you here to make sure that you get copies of this in your library. As a Christian leader, I have one in my home and I have another one in my office. Somebody will say, No. When I go to the office and I want to make any reference, I have one ready there. So when, when I'm at home at my study, studying, I need a copy. I have another one there. And I didn't say to my pastor because I have two copies. Come and borrow from my library. I made sure each pastor also has his own library. Steady to show yourself approved. Sometimes I sit under certain ministries and hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, amen. A thousand hallelujahs in one sermon. We don't need that. There's no meat in it. Steady to show yourself approved as a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we want to thank God for Prophet Dakiwad Mills for these resource materials. Now I've gone through the books, most of them. Last night, because I knew I had to come here and share something, I had to read on Laiati. So please, steady. Steady. We have formal and informal education. So please, do that. A good minister is fully absorbed in his work. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15, he said, be diligent in these matters and give yourself only to them so that people will see your progress so this ministry deserves maximum effort it is not for half-hearted workers your calling just like pastor Ranford said is to serve God and his church so put in your best shot and effort amen. amen and finally a good minister is constantly growing spiritually 
First Timothy 4 and 16. He says, Look well to yourself. The amplified version to your personality and to your preaching, your teaching. Persevere in these things or hold on to them. For by so doing, you will save yourself and those who hear you. The previous verse in the first Timothy 4.15 says that so that everyone may see your progress. So a good minister is one that is growing spiritually. He knows he hasn't arrived. He knows he has not arrived. And that people benefit by uh, by seeing him or his, his or her growth and development. So you cannot lead growing people if you are not growing yourself. You cannot hope to produce spiritual development in people if you are not spiritually developing yourself. So you have to be committed to growing spiritually. Like Pastor Ranford said, when you start ministry, you know, there are levels. When I started, I was uh, a banjo player in our church. And an usher, I'm the one who goes to open the doors. When I was standing, I can't see. I go to open the doors in Tema. And uh, I go there an hour before, I open the doors, I clean the chairs, I arrange the table. And at those days, we were using banjo. And uh, I try my hand on it a bit. And then after, 30, after the, the last 30 minutes, I go down on my knees and pray. I was then a student. I go to the pastor's house sometimes and work clean his house, wash his things iron his things and these days I don't know but uh, it appears it's all gone it's all gone we go, we carry his bag and his bible to church I was at committee 7 I walked to committee 1 those of you who know them, I walk to community one, not by taxi or by trot or anything. I walk to community one to pick the key to the church, the Bibles, the, the, the pastor's Bible, and go. One day the pastor told me, I'm just concluding. The pastor told me, Douglas, I'm going to spend some time to pray and fast. If you love to join me, let's go. So I said, yes, I would like to go with you. And those days in Tema, we would go to the beach to pray. So for seven days, we went there to fast and we prayed. I prayed with the pastor. When we finished the fasting on Sunday, on Monday, there was an advert in Daily Graphic. A company was looking for accountant trainees to give them scholarship to study and to work for the company. I applied. And that's how I came to Kumasi. Wow. When I became saved, the first year of my salvation, God showed me in a dream. 
And in that dream, it was an awards night. And I was supposed to be awarded. And they called my name and they gave me a certificate that was as big as big as this wall from this gate to that place. And there was only one word on that certificate. And that word was Kumasi. I've never been to Kumasi before. I've heard about Kumasi. But the stories I heard about Kumasi was cutting of hairs and things like that. <laughs> Human sacrifices. That's all I knew about Kumasi. And I came as a student. Stayed here. Worked at KN University a while. Called into the ministry. Served in various levels. And I can say with all glory to God that there hasn't been any single Christian activity, whether it's from the church or from the government, that doesn't pass through my office. So I see that certificate that was given to me long ago when I became a Christian. And I had to work under many senior ministers and serve in various positions from ushering and leading the choir and doing all kinds of being a church secretary and all the rest of them. Now I'm here. And I want to thank God that God can also bring you where you are to where you belong. I want to thank you very much for the opportunity giving me and I highly recommend that you make sure you get copies of this book. God bless you very much.